Welcome to Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. Join me every week where I sit down with one of my amazing and talented friends who are experts in their field, and we have a little chat. Right. Welcome to this episode of Hey Girl. I am your host, Bill Janice, and I am t- sitting here today with a really wonderful talent. Uh, she's a brilliant filmmaker. She's coming to us today from Toronto, Canada. Uh, please welcome Lou Asfaha. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. How you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Listen, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you have a new film out called Fresh Meat, which is really exciting and and, an exciting horror film uh, nonetheless as well. (laughs) Um, So I'm really excited to talk to you about that. But but before we get into the actual meat of it, pun intended, now, (laughs) can you tell the audience a little bit about you? Give us a little bit of a backstory on like, how did how did we get to this filmmaker status? Where, where, Where did all this come from? Yeah, okay starting starting light um <laughs> I, I asked the easy questions right off the back girl yeah. <laughs> uh, who sorry. are you as a person <laughs> um <laughs> I, I guess i came i came to filmmaking honestly as a storyteller because oh, yeah. i started as a writer um i've been writing since i was a little kid i've been developing that um muscle my entire life um, and I actually, for the longest time, thought that I would be a novelist. Oh, right um, on. yeah. And like, I still like love to read and, you know, whenever I have time, but, um, I right. think that I know, I'm sure, I'm sure you're very busy <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, filmmaking is like a, is like two full-time jobs to be quite honest. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I always, I, have always been a storyteller. I wanted to be a novelist and I found filmmaking um, when I was 16, like I kind of discovered independent cinema and I realized it's going to sound so silly, but I just like realized that films were made by a person. Like there was one person who was like, like leading the vision of the film. And ever since then I've wanted to be a filmmaker. And what now film? I am one. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Uh, do you remember, you know, you, you mentioned it was around when you were 16. What what film was it that uh, gave you that inspiration or gave you that nudge that you said, this is what I want to do? It was Heathers. 1988 Heathers. Heather- yes, with Shannon Doherty and uh, Winona yeah. Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Kristen yeah. Slater. Yeah, Kristen yeah. Slater. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Oh, girl, we're in the right exactly. place. We're in the right interview now, honey. <laughs> I remember watching that movie, too. And oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. total like, like thriller. And ch- yeah. And like, I remember. Yeah. You. Well, you talk. It's, it's about you. Go. Tell- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, honestly, like, I didn't even realize that before I watched that film, you know, as a teenager, I didn't even realize that films like that existed, um, especially ones that could like 
disseminate what it is like to be a teenager and Mm -hmm. not understanding yourself and not knowing yourself, but still trying to fit in. Like, that's a really uncomfortable place to exist in and to have like discovered that film at that time it was honestly transformative and then obviously after that i found jawbreakers and mean girls and all of the other all the other ones so is that um i mean is is that the the genre or the medium that you feel most comfortable in is in those like horror thrillers hype um films yeah i always think of Film is better if someone dies in it. Ooh, girl. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you ever be watching a film and you're like, this would be so much more entertaining if someone just died right now. <laughs> uh, this would be better <laughs> if you were dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Oh, I, uh, I, I never thought of it that way, but yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with that. But yeah, I love, I love a black comedy. I love a thriller. I love a horror. And I love anything that um, just takes a experience that we've all had that mm-hmm. lots of people can relate to and makes it kind of funny and makes it kind of dark. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think, well, even when we you meant some of the films that you mentioned, you know, in addition to Heather's and you mentioned Jawbreaker and Mean Girls, I mean, a lot of it is focused around that older teenager adolescence, you know, where, as you mentioned earlier, you know, where you're just kind of also figuring out your own identity, but then you add the extra layer of being a minority on top of it, maybe, you know, yeah. <laughs> and whatnot, um, or in my case, being gay and a minority. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, yeah. I, I get that. I mean, what, you know, what a powerful thing you get to do to be able to tell, tell those stories in different ways. That's really exciting. Where did you, where did you train? Do you mind if I ask Where did you go to school? Yeah, I went to a, uh, I actually studied a film and production, um, film and television production um, at Humber college, which is here in Toronto. Um, and then then, so I did that for about three years and kind of jumped right into um, just working in the industry. So I worked as an editor for a long time. Yeah. Um, assistant editing on different projects. I worked in the documentary world for a long time because it's kind of the easiest place Ooh. to get hired. Um, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they're always looking for they're always looking for people in documentary. Um, and no. yeah, I, <laughs> now I'm actually studying at the Canadian Film Center. So Wonderful. you know, it's been like a long journey. I finished. I graduated film school in 2014, and now I'm kind of. It's not film school, but it's kind of like a film school. Yeah. So it's like I'm back. You know, eight years later back in school studying film again but this time i'm really more developing craft rather than learning about like how a film is actually made oh yeah sure that makes sense what i mean yeah what is that i mean look for me i mean just for me i can't imagine going back to school any (laughs) at this point after being out for so long so i mean what is what is that like was it a little bit of like an adjustment to go back into that that world of kind of being back in school (laughs) you know yeah it really is especially because i've been a freelance artist for oh my god uh like five years now i've just been freelance making my own schedule like deciding what i want to do and that's 
and that freedom is everything (laughs) honey oh i get it that freedom is everything i I just like there's no like i had so much freedom and now i have like none so it's been it's definitely been interesting but i feel like uh it's the first time that i've actually been able to delve into craft and like artistry oh i love that Um, yeah and i i think that the canadian film industry can be so focused on production Mm -hmm. um and not as much on story as uh you would get necessarily in the states i see yeah that makes sense well, I, lo- oh, I love the way you describe that, though, you know, just getting the chance to actually get in there and, like, as you said, work on craft and actually work on the artistry of it as opposed to the actual logistics of what needs to happen yeah. to put something together. I personally, um, I'm a retired professional dancer and choreographer, so I, I understand at least that element. You know, I've never delved into filmmaking, but um, the element of like when you're creating a show or you're creating a performance and knowing, really knowing the difference between the production elements and actual artistry of storytelling. You know, <laughs> through, yeah, and in my absolutely. case, it was through movement. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. What I mean, and I think that that's kind of the case for all art forms, that there's the yeah. technical aspect of actually having a skill set to be able to, to make the art that you're making. And then there's the other aspect of craft and what it is that you're trying to do and say yeah. with the art that you're making. <laughs> Oh, that's such a good. Oh, yeah. Yes, that. Yes, that. Print it. Print it. That one. <laughs> you said it exactly. perfectly. You said it perfectly. Because not every. No offense to anybody, but not everybody, or at least in my my experience, I'll speak for myself. Um, not every uh person I've worked with in the past um comes from that same school of thought, and so uh, or at least the, or even understands how deep that can go. Um, so it's always refreshing to hear another artist say that you know what I, mean? <laughs> I absolutely i understand that i think that um that's what i love about being uh where i'm at right now because even though um it is kind of frustrating to be back in a school environment after being away for so long um i really appreciate being surrounded by other artists who also feel that way and also are there to develop their craft and are there to figure out how to have their intention match their execution so that like they can say what they want to say well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, when (laughs) I was, when I was younger, it's so funny. Like, um, when when I was, when I was a young artist, I used to, (laughs) I used to think I knew it all, you know, back in the day, so long ago, 20 years ago, I used to think I knew it all. (laughs) And then, and then, um, when, when life, um, got real you know what I mean? and like it's funny it's funny to look back now um for myself in retrospect the things that i created 20 years ago comparatively to things that the way i would approach it now you know and it's like that life experience is invaluable um so you know that's really cool that you that you have put yourself in that scenario again in that environment again where you're learning again even though you've been so many years detached from having to do it before you know <laughs> yeah yeah Definitely. What is your um, individual like creative process when you're putting a film together or writing a script? How does, how does that look for you? Do you, um, uh, well, I'll I'll let you talk, but I mean, I'm just kind of curious, like what the timeline of how you structure your, um, your projects. Yeah, absolutely. So generally I start with an idea, a story concept, Um, I work with metaphor and allegory a lot in my work. 
Um, and so usually it's like making some connection between like a real life issue and like some type of fantasy, uh, you know, thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, so usually I start with like the story idea. So for example, the story idea for Fresh Meat was that these people go to uh, like work at a media company where they're the company eats their employees. And so like, I just kind of started with that <laughs> idea. Um, and then from there, I do a lot of craft work or uh, character work um, and really figure out who, like the most important thing is really the protagonist and making mm. sure that the protagonist of the story is somebody that like is going to learn a lesson from the story that's being told. Mm. Um, and I think that like matching the story idea with the protagonist is mm -hmm. like and also making sure that like they're both connected by theme mm -hmm. um is the honestly the easiest way to like tell an impactful story um Sorry. yeah for like if anybody well you make for, it like, sound easy <laughs> not every <laughs> don't give it away for free girl you need to sell your own course for people to come <laughs> study with you <laughs> We just got a Hey Girl Maybe. exclusive. If you want <laughs> to know how to make it. <laughs> yeah. And then so from there, like I work on um, care. I do some character work. I usually develop characters for a really long time before I start getting into the story outline. What's a and long time? There, roughly? Um, it depends on the story. I think um, I right now I'm more developing a feature film and I did the character work on that for like several months. Mm. Um, but, uh, I'm also about to go into production for a short film. Um, and I think I spent a week less okay. than that, probably, um, doing the character work. Okay. So yeah, it's definitely, it just varies on, yeah. yeah, it varies. It's, it's really dependent on what the story requires. Um, okay. And then um, from, the, yeah, I developed the story outline from there. And honestly, from that point, it is really a lot of like taking breaks from the work. I think that's like a really, really important part. Um, not creating is like weirdly a very important part of creating. And I think like having distance from the work that you're making always makes it better. Um, and so usually I'll take like long breaks and I'll come back to the story after a long period of time. Um, and that will always, I feel like it always reveals new patterns. Um, when I get that distance from the story. Oh, I love that. Do you notice, um, when you do take those breaks from any in, in particular story, do you tend to go work on another story or another project or do you give yourself full reign to just decompress and take a break and just experience whatever life's in front of you? I mean, I think again, the answer depends. It really depends on what's going on in my life because sometimes sure, I agree yeah, to sure. do more. Sometimes I just agree to do more than I actually have the capacity for. <laughs> so, Same. Same. so sometimes you don't really get a choice. You take a, right. you're, you're taking a break from this project and you got to like jump straight into the next project. Um, but general, generally I am actually of the school of thought that like you have to have more in your life than story and film um, in order to be a successful artist in order to be the best creator that you can be you have to fill your life with other things whether mm. that's 
um, you know, sports or music or uh, poetry or playing tag in the park, whatever it yeah. is going to, whatever it's going to be for you. I really do think that you have to have other shit in your life. Um, yeah. Than just the, the art balance. that you're creating. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I always try to make time for um, non film, non art. Yeah things but you can't turn it off you know you know your mind's yeah. probably always working while you're you're living life yeah i get that what is your what is what are your activities what are the things that you try to fill your life with other than film yeah i read a lot um or i try to anyway so i love um fantasy okay anything um fantasy novels i am a huge fan of i just finished the um well <laughs> Waiting for the third book, but I just finished the uh, the Orisha books. Uh, it's supposed to be a trilogy. Anyway, um, I read those, and they're, like, fantastic. And so nor- generally I read a lot. I also read a lot of nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, uh, I suppose, politically motivated. Um, okay. And so I definitely read up a lot on theory um i have like an interest in philosophy that i don't think many people share oh really Uh, (laughs) do you want to share a little bit (laughs) i mean it's it's like the most awkward moment when you like are talking to somebody about i feel like i will like reference um theory and philosophy in um when I'm talking about the stories that I'm telling and like, I will often just get like blank stares. In return, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, like... <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I, I'm only laughing because I can relate in, in some levels because yes, I know that Sarah, I get that Sarah a lot too. So I get girl, same, same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I oh, like, I, I, do, I, I, I inherited a lifelong learn, like love of learning from my father. And so like, I don't know. I just love learning about new things. That's what yeah. I spend the majority of my non-film time doing. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And that, as you said, it adds to the work you end up creating later. Exactly. A hundred percent. So let's talk about fresh meat, girl. Uh, so so you, you mentioned a little bit of it earlier, but why don't you just tell the audience, for anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of seeing it, um, just uh, uh, tell us about the film, the, the storyline, and the messaging, and kind of what you wanted to accomplish with this film. Yeah, absolutely. So Fresh Meat uh, follows Nia as she starts a new job as a staff writer at a media conglomerate named called Drop. Um, and through various uh, strange occurrences, discovers that the secret to their success is that they eat their employees. Um, <laughs> her, her her supervisor was annoying me like crazy. That, I don't can't remember the character's name, but the the blonde supervisor needed to. I I was yeah. ready to like be done with her. Like <laughs> even in the even in the first three minutes of the film, I was like, this girl. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Go ahead. That, no, <laughs> like, that was that was. I'm sure it was deliberate. Yeah, it was yeah. deliberate. Yeah. And uh, Michaela, Michaela May, who Michaela Wright, May Wright, who uh, played the character of Genevieve, she understood her character so well. Um, <laughs> she hit all of those microaggressions so yeah. well. 
Um, she like required so little, like the cast was phenomenal. They required so little direction from me. Um, you know, we just had conversations about who their characters were. And then Mm -hmm. at that point it was like, they came on set and they performed and Michaela did a great job of being the person that everybody hates. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What uh, I mean, you know, what, what, what? Tell us about some of the underlying tones here in the in the in the storytelling, and just even with, um, uh, whether it be with race or queer culture or anything, were, were there any yeah. sort of underlying norms that you really wanted the audience to to pick up on? Yeah. So when I was developing this project, uh, the main thing that I was interested in, um, exploring was the way that I have often felt um, navigating the film industry as an artist, um, feeling like my contributions are not, um, are only valued when I'm no longer there to provide them. Um, (laughs) And so... I get it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so I really wanted to explore that. Um, And as I delved deeper into that idea... Um, this, this idea of, uh, black queer cultural appropriation kept coming up for me, um, specifically like black queer cultural appropriation and the uh, appropriation of black women's cultural input, um, was a huge, uh, theme for me as I was developing the story. And then I had the written the script and all of a sudden I'm reading it and I'm like, Oh, this is about black queer cultural appropriation. Okay. Ah! I didn't didn't realize that as I was writing it, but it revealed itself to you. It revealed. You know, I always say that the, uh, the first time I write a draft of any story that I'm writing that is like the characters telling me what the story is because okay, I feel like yeah. that's where all that character work comes from. Um, and that's where it is. Re- it's always revealed on the page. And then I read it back and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I did that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Do you, do have you, can you tell me about a time and maybe it is even with, with fresh meat where, um, as you were in actual the filming stage um, that the story because of um, maybe the way the actors uh, interpreted it or performed it ended up taking a new direction. Has that ever happened for you? Um, I don't know that that's happened necessarily on set while filming okay um but it definitely has happened in like rehearsal got it the rehearsal stage um because i do like to do uh to like have extensive conversations um with the actors um and a lot of it is like figuring out how uh, they can bring their own life experiences into um what we're creating um and so i think like a great example of that actually is the character of jamal played by um adrian uh adrian is not queer um but he was very committed to um to be like giving an authentic performance and sure. uh, Jamal is heavily based on uh, my own experience. The character okay, of Jamal great. is heavily based on my own experiences. And so it was a lot of conversation between myself and Adrian in which I was sharing with him 
what, uh, where the inspiration for this character came from. And he was sharing with me how he has felt marginalized as a black man, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and an artist navigating um, the art industry. And I think he really brought, I mean, you can see it on his face from that first scene. That very first scene. Yeah. Yeah. Where he just looks so downtrodden. Like he has been stepped on and he just right. does not know how to but even kind of vulnerable a little bit too yeah, in that moment so you know vulnerable. like kind of yeah, yeah exposed and you're just it's like just meeting him for the first time you're like oh girl no <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly um and yeah i think that like we were able to find um like a really really uh beautiful beautiful point where like the character became his but was still uh what i wanted your story as well yeah still yeah exactly it's still a story i wanted to tell so what is it if there was an if there was something you could say um what is it that you hope audiences take from take from uh away from watching this this picture uh, well, I am first and foremost a genre filmmaker, and it is a horror film, so I want people to be scared. That's the first thing. Um, Love it. I want people to be creeped out. <laughs> That's the intention. If you walked away, a lot of people walked away from this film and were like, girl, I hated that. You did such a good job. Because uh, <laughs> they were just like, they hate the, yeah. the what I, you know, I really went yeah, out of my I way mean- to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> You listen. You did because, and again, I'm not. I, I, I. Yes, with the with the, with horror films and stuff <laughs> like that. Some of the even in the beginning. Some I don't want to give anything away because I want people to go watch it. But um, even in the be- uh, first half, there was you know moments that were just exactly what you said uncomfortable like because you knew they were eating people like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, and I think also, like, I am the artist that I am, and I'm, I do always have something to say. And with this story, what I was really trying to say is that, like, there are people navigating the same spaces as you, existing in the same spaces as, as you, that aren't doing well because they're not mm-hmm. treated with the same respect necessarily right. as you are. Or I want people to who are marginalized art, like marginalized artists to watch this and see themselves in these characters and yeah. understand that they're not the only one. They might be the only one in their office feeling that way, but right. they're not the or in only their like person. personal orbit. Yeah, exactly. But they're not the only person that's experienced this. Um, so yeah, I really think it depends on who you are. I hope that if you are, don't come from a marginalized identity that you will watch this and you will question your own role in how you have navigated these spaces and how you have, whether you have supported marginalized artists or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite, I, I, I just ask everybody to question their own role in this society. Absolutely. Um, bigger question. Um, (laughs) on the same, on the same, uh, topic, you know, what about, what are your thoughts? You had mentioned earlier, um, you know, that you, uh, follow politics, uh, and whatnot. And, and I'm just curious what your thoughts are as far as like how for so many years, um, 
minorities have been, as you say, marginalized in media and in, fi- in feature films. And I'm just wondering what your perception is uh, where we are today in 2022. Do you think we're in a better place than we were 10 years ago? Do you think we're on the road to a great place? Are we already there? What do we have? What, what work do we need to do? A big question here. I know. <laughs> big question. Um, just your opinion. Yeah, no, no pressure. A, no pressure. Great, yeah. No, that's a great question. Actually. I think that um, of course, we're. And I'll have a sip of my cocktail than... while you while you answer. No. <laughs> Go for it. Um, definitely, of course, we're in a better place than we were um, ten years ago. Uh, I would say that even you know ten years ago, we were in a better place than we were twenty years ago. I think that people often look at the there was a boom of like black sitcoms in the 90s and early mm-hmm. 2000s and people always look at that and they're like um oh there were so many black tv shows back then and we you know 10 years ago we didn't have there were like none but it's like but they were all the same story show like there was no difference between them it was all like very straight uh like very cishet um black nuclear family type of shows um, and I think now we're def- 10 years ago and now we've definitely had not only representation and diversity on screen, but also a diversity of story. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think we are where we should be because I, I don't feel like I get uh, enough black queer stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Like me personally, as a black queer mm-hmm. woman, I'm constantly seeking out black queer stories, and they are very few and far between. Sure. Something I'm trying to change, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'm not there yet, and neither is the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's still uh, an I this idea that uh the lgbt community is very white yeah Um, yeah i agree with that that's not the case like no girl we are here (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so yeah i still think that there are like huge um huge huge milestones that need to be um reached but yeah, of course we're doing better mm-hmm. than we were 10 years ago. I think what I would love to see more is uh, people behind the camera representing the uh, the identities that we're seeing in front of the camera. Oh, yes. I like that. Are there any... Um, whether uh, Is there any uh, content, I'll, I'll say, whether it be movie, show, um, uh, any certain type of media out there right now that you think is, or at least in your opinion, is a great example of where we need to be headed for a more diverse representation? Um, I, there was a film that came out at, it's a Kenyan film that came out at TIFF, um, a few years back called Rafiki. Um, Really beautiful love story between uh, two black queer women in uh, Kenya. Um, I still count it, you know, I think it came out like four years ago and I still count it amongst my favorite films. Um, Oh, I love that. I think, yeah, I think that would probably be uh, the best example because it's it's not only a black queer story, but it's so incredibly well told. Um, Mm -hmm. I think 
unfortunately, a lot of the times nowadays what I'm seeing is a lot of stories that have representation, but there's no soul in the story. There's no, um, there wasn't love put into making it the best that it could be. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I get that. Yeah, and so I feel like we're getting a lot, there's a lot of, uh, you know, hoopla about diversity right now. But right. There isn't really anything that I would point to to say, like, that's what we should be making more yeah. of. Yeah, I get that. No, that makes sense. I get that. I mean, yeah, but maybe, like, you know, maybe this is, as you mentioned, you know, we're in a good place, but obviously there's more work to do. Um, but, you know... If, if you know if we're at a place now where we can at least acknowledge um, that there might be some visual representation, but now we need to do the, as you say, the character work. Yes. <laughs> I always exactly. bring it back. I always bring it back. <laughs> that was a good job. That was very impressive, actually. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like we've been friends forever. I don't know why, but I feel mean, like we're just like <laughs> chit chatting over here. I love it. What are you working on now? Can you give us some insights into any new and upcoming projects? I know you said you you mentioned you were working on developing a feature film. I don't know if you're allowed to speak about it or not, but can you give us give us a taste of anything you've got coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have I am developing a feature film right now um, with my producing partner Fonasedu, who also produced Fresh Meat. Okay, um, and it is a my take on the uh, haunted house subgenre, um, and okay. it's a, if if yeah, it's it's really <laughs> scary. Um, um, so yeah, the story delves into a mother daughter relationship following Trevi uh, as she returns home to her childhood home for the first time in fifteen years uh, to ca- take care of her sick mother. Um, and while she's there, she's haunted by the ghosts of her father who committed suicide 15 years earlier, um, as well as her sister who went missing when they were children. Girl. So, that's what the story's <laughs> about. <laughs> I love it. No, I mean, I'm about, just like, okay. Also, yeah. But also, it's like really. Um, I'm an here for it. I will totally watch it. I just. <laughs> Little scary, little scary. This is like for the truth. Yeah, that wasn't that. I I swear that wasn't like a judgmental or that look that we talked about earlier when people (laughs) don't understand what we're talking about. I swear that was just more like, oh, girl, okay, like she 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 going there. She's going there. (laughs) Yes, I went there. Um, Yeah, but it's an exploration of generational trauma. Um, as well as the link between memory and trauma. And it's really what it is about is um, how this woman, Trevi, has always wanted acceptance from her mother and never received it. Is Trevi based on anybody you know? Uh, Myself. Hey, girl. Okay. (laughs) She's telling stories, honey. I love it. I um, I Girl, I love it. When... Uh, when can we expect to see that or is it still kind of um uh, up in the air as far as when that, that could be fit yeah when, when we it's, it's pretty that? up in the air yeah it's pretty up in the air right now um we are still uh collecting financing um sure. getting our partners together uh working on casting uh so if anybody out there listening <laughs> to this is interested in working on the project just hit me up hey you can girl find me on social media um, but, uh, in, in the meantime, I'm also making a short film right now, 
um, about, it's a little bit of a simpler story. It's a little bit more fun, a little bit less traumatizing. Okay. Um, <laughs> about a, a young woman, or I, I have to stop starting that with young women. That's okay. Um, let me start again. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and so the, and the short that I'm working on is about, uh, a woman who is consumed by envy for her coworker, um, and starts turning into a hyena. <laughs> That's girl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was, this, the short is, was really based on, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of the evil eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it was based on that as well as um, the cultural belief that people who curse you with the evil eye can mm-hmm. like wield black magic. Okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I and totally- so that's kind of where the whole idea came from, and that will be finished probably by the end of the year. <laughs> I love this. Oh my god! But how that's exciting! Like to hear it, to, well, to hear it explained like that, and now. Like I get it. Like I'm, I'm there with you on that. Yeah, I get where that, <laughs> where that was going. I love it. Well, li- listen, I really enjoyed chatting with you today. Thank you so much. Um, I love tell everyone. With you. I'll. Thank you. I uh, you listen. You're <laughs> welcome to the Hey Girl family. You are welcome to come back anytime and anytime you have anything to promote. Please come back on the show. I would love to have you. Um, but really quick. I of course I will tag your information in the, the description of the episode. But tell the audience how they can stay in touch with you, up to date with you, or view any of your projects. Yeah, so you can follow uh, me on Defar Media on Instagram, Twitter. Um, there's a Facebook, but it's not really updated, so I wouldn't bother <laughs> with that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, or Vimeo, so you can find uh, all of our. Uh, works on one of those platforms um, or by visiting the website www.defar.media. Can you, you mind spelling that real quick? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's spelled D E F A R media. Yes, girl. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I can't say it enough. I have this whole branding here. <laughs> I'll probably get, get that branding. I probably got important. that last one out, but I just, you know, I'm just so my marketing mind here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I really, I had such a great time. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. That was so much fun. Uh, be sure to check us out at our website at heygirlpodcast.com. Girl is spelled with a U. And stay up to date with us as well on social media at Hey Girl Podcast. Thanks. Have a great weekend. <laughs>